Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome back to Running the Break. I'm CJ Toledano, joined by my, by my co-host Alex Wong. Alex, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good, CJ. Heard you were in. Uh, heard you were in traffic before we recorded this, man. What's up? You know, just classic LA things. And in, in traffic, racing home to get to this pod. I mean. You know, the the NBA regular season is firing up. I'm like, I got to be home by 4 p.m. Like, you all understand that. I I, I put that in my writer to all of my employers, but I made it back for this. No, I I love it, man. Uh, You you assume myself and our special guest today watch as much NBA basketball as you. Um, No, but but we got to ask about the traffic in Australia, too, man. We've got... Uh, a friend of mine and one of my favorites, uh, probably my favorite uh, NBA media person, Nick Metalinos, joining us. He's the host of the Last Shot NBA show. He's you know covered the NBA for ESPN and, and so many other places. Nick, welcome to Running the Break. Guys, thank you so much for having me, man. Alex, you know, that, that was... Too many compliments right there in two sentences from you. I haven't heard that many compliments from you in the almost eight years that I've known you. So that was greatly appreciated. CJ, great meeting you, man. Thanks for having me on, uh, on the show you. today. Yeah, Nick, you know I lie. You know I lie whenever the cameras are on. So I, I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take anything I say here too seriously today. Uh, no, but, but, but Nick, man, it's, <laughs> Nick, it's so nice. It's so nice having you with us. And I want, want to dive into what, obviously... Uh, the basketball culture in Australia that, that you're probably way more familiar with than us. But before we start, I want to get to know you a little bit. Let the listeners get to know you a little bit. So a couple of icebreakers for you, Nick. You know, these are some things that CJ and I usually talk about too. Nick, what was the first NBA jersey that you owned? Yeah, okay. So I'm going to kind of like probably age myself a little bit here. But it was a Larry Johnson rookie Charlotte Hornets uh, jersey nice. um, that, you know, teal with the pinstripes. And that, that was like, even to this day, that's still one of my favorite jerseys of all time. Like that era of Hornets merchandise, like back then, especially down here in Australia, you know, there's a lot of the starter jackets and the hats, you know, with the big fonts and all that sort of stuff. They were huge down here and everyone was wearing Hornets uh, merch. So yeah, Larry Johnson Hornets, uh, 92 rookie was my first jersey ever. That, that actually reminds me, I was uh, selling it to flea market a couple weekends ago and I had this grandmama t-shirt and a kid who was like maybe 17 is like, hey, who is this? And it was him as grandmama oh. and I had to explain that whole sort of cons, converse uh, campaign. I'm like, this is legend. It's almost more famous than the man himself these days. To Johnson at the back of the 
Supersonics on Larry Johnson's last second Unbelievable! 117, 116! Yeah, it's, it's actually really interesting because, like I said, that was my favorite jersey, right? And I still like it to this day. And I never got a chance after that sort of era to own that jersey again. And fast forward, so I think 2019 was the All-Star Game in Charlotte. It was either 2018 or 2019, I can't remember now. Um, so we're in Charlotte for All-Star Weekend, and Mitchell and Ness invited me to this, like, private VIP suite, you know, for media and influencers. And I get there, and the lady's kind of like, she goes, have a look around and just pick out what you want. And I'm not the type of person, like, I don't like sort of asking for things. I don't like sort of, you know, I didn't know what my limit was in terms of how many things I could <laughs> grab off the rack. But they had the Larry Johnson jersey there, and it was the purple one. It wasn't the, the teal one. But it was the purple one. And I said to the lady, I'll take that. She goes, all right, cool, no worries. She goes out the back. They bring out a jersey and it's all wrapped up. It's in the plastic. I just put it in like my bag and, you know, kept it moving. And I get back to the hotel and it was the Alonzo morning one. So, oh. <laughs> I, still, <laughs> so I still don't have a uh, Larry Johnson jersey back in the collection. <laughs> That's... Drop us your address. But Zoe is still good. Zoe is still good. Sorry, Yo, that's, yeah, look, that's I, a, I still yeah. wore it. I still wore it. I've still got it. Like, it's still a fire jersey, but I, I really wanted that number two instead of the number 33. Yeah, that's an amazing story. And I appreciate you telling that, Nick, because, you know, I was hanging out with you at All-Star Weekend in Charlotte, and I definitely <laughs> did not get the invite to the Mitchell and Ness of VIP lounge. <laughs> I, was, always a... <laughs> I was lucky I got it. <laughs> <laughs> always appreciate that, Nick. Uh, maybe we should just boot you after this segment. Um. No, that's a that's a great jersey choice. What about like your? Because I know you're into you're into the jerseys, you're into the sneakers, which is what we talk a lot about on the show. What was your first pair of, of basketball basketball sneakers? First pair in general, it was a pair of cons. Um, mm. I, I can't remember the the what model or you know it wasn't the weapons, um, and it was I think it might have just been like some sort of regular inline type you know cons thing. So we're talking that was me when I first started playing basketball at like eight, nine years old, something like that. Uh, so wore those. I was raised by a single mom. So, you know, we didn't have the money to sort of buy a lot of shoes or, you know, anything like that. So that was my first pair of like actual sneakers, sneakers, basketball sneakers. My first pair of Jordans came when I was like, um, I can't remember how old I was, but it was the Jordan 7 Bordeaux. So when they first dropped in like 92 or 93, um, that was like my first pair of Jordans um, that I ever had. And, you know, I had to wear those basically for the whole year or, or however long it was and until I grew out of them. It wasn't, you know, it's probably the case with a lot of us, right, that we sort of grew up and you have one pair, you got to beat it to death and then you get another one. And then we grow up, we get, you know, jobs and we get our own money. And then before you know it, 40% of our income's going to rent, 40% is going to sneakers, and the rest is just on miscellaneous <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Nick, you're one of us already. We're, we're, we're like three <laughs> minutes in, and you're just like, you're, you're filling out the same bio as us. Um, that's awesome. So you've obviously, you mentioned Larry Johnson, cons. Is Larry Johnson, was he your first favorite NBA player? No, no, no. no. I, I think with most people of, you know, my age, probably, you know, you guys as well, it, Michael Jordan. Um, yeah. You know, I had some older cousins uh, at the time. They're the ones that got me into basketball. So we, I first started actually watching the Australian NBL prior to watching mm -hmm. NBA. So we'd go to some games. They'd take me to the games down here. North Melbourne Giants was my team back in those days. Um, and then I started watching NBA and my cousins were like, you've got to watch this guy here for the Chicago Bulls, number 23. And, and Jordan, you know, is the reason why I love basketball. So he's like my favorite player of all time um again as is the case with most people i guess of that era um my favorite player that's not michael jordan is carmelo anthony of all time so i love Melo. i'm a Melo stan yeah no that's um that's amazing and like speaking of just australia too talking about the bulls and michael jordan and i think you had a chance to connect with this player recently like uh luke longley too right like like you know i imagine growing up like watching the bulls Seeing Luke Longley as, as part of that team must must have meant something too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was following Longley's career from when he was with the Timberwolves. Um, and, you know, he'll be the first one to tell you that the Timberwolves weren't great back then. You know, they weren't a contender. They were losing a lot of games. And I got the chance to sit down with Longley 
in Philadelphia a few years back uh, for ESPN. So we got a one hour sit down with him and he sort of just went through a lot of these stories and about that transition from Minnesota to Chicago. And, you know, so a lot of us, I guess it was kind of niche at that point, the people who really followed the NBA and knew who Luke Longley was while he was with the Timberwolves. But then once he got to the Chicago Bulls and obviously Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, talking about, you know, one of the greatest teams of all time. So it became a lot more, you started seeing a lot more of Luke Longley on the news down here because our sporting news, even to this day, is dominated a lot by AFL, which is the Aussie Rules football, um, which is the number one sport in Australia. You get a lot of rugby, cricket, those sorts of things. So it's only been in the last maybe, I'd say, eight to ten years that obviously the the more Australian guys entering the league, and they're not just sort of role players anymore. You've got guys that are actually really contributing to teams and, you know, to the extent of Ben Simmons even making some three consecutive All-Star games a few years back. So guys are really sort of starting to, you know, make their mark in the league and it's also resulting in more attention in the NBA down here as well. But Longley was the first Australian to get drafted in the lottery, I believe, or it could have been first Australian to get drafted overall. I'll have to double check that. But it was a big moment because he sort of opened up the gates and showed Australians what is possible. Yeah. Well, ever since then, I mean... The Australian basketball scene, and you mentioned the NBL and just how big the NBA is. I, I, I'd love to hear because this, like the specifics. How how did you guys consume? Like how did you consume the NBA growing up? And then what sort of you know um, how how do you guys consume it now? Was it League Pass? Like walk us a little bit about the origin of that and how everyone's watching uh, the NBA down there uh, these days. Well, right now, your, your option, we've got way more options now, obviously, than, than ever mm-hmm. before, you know, thanks to the internet, which back in those days, we used to have like a game of the week on Saturday mornings. Um, sometimes it would be live, wow. sometimes it wouldn't. Um, and then we used to get those highlight shows as well inside the NBA and uh, inside yep. stuff and, and things like that. Uh, so we used to sort of consume that way. Funny story, right? So when the when Jordan came back, and they played that series against Orlando that Orlando ended up winning, you know, with Nick Anderson yep. strips the ball, et cetera, et cetera. So it's funny. So I remember the games are played during the day here, right? So they generally start anywhere between 7.30 in the morning through to late afternoon. So I remember being in high school and wanting to know the result of the Bulls-Orlando <laughs> uh, game one, right? Obviously, I couldn't just jump on an iPhone and, and check a score. So I had to wait until I went home and there was a hotline number that you could call, right? It was like a double O, double five, whatever it may be. And they used to charge like a dollar a minute. And I just kept regretting calling and calling because it was like fourth quarter. So I needed to know the results. So I think my mom got like a $300 phone bill just off that game alone. Um, So it was really, and then we used to have this publication called uh, Pro Basketball Today. It was like a newspaper Mm -hmm. format, used to come out once a week. I used to run to the news agent, which is, um, I don't know if there's like an equivalent of that in, in North America. It's like just a place that used to sell, uh, like a sort of um, a kiosk type place that sells magazines, yeah. newspapers and things like that. Used to go there every Wednesday, grab the Pro Basketball Today, and they used to have like the box scores of the previous week's game. So you could at least catch up on, on things that you've missed. Um, and obviously, like I mentioned, as you know, the internet age hits and we start getting cable TV and all that sort of stuff. Now we've got games on ESPN. We've got another station called KO, which shows some games. But to your point, CJ, about League Pass, I believe, and I, I spoke to Adam Silver about this a few years back, um, I believe that Australia still has, per capita, the highest number of League Pass subscribers in the world. Wow. Um, and I remember asking... Um, I think it was at an all-star game uh, or the finals. I can't remember one of the two, but, you know, Adam Silver does his, you know, pre-game address to the media. And and I got a chance to ask him about whether the NBA would bring a, you know, pre-season game, an exhibition game, something down to Australia. Um, And he kind of sort of said that he said basically no, (laughs) because Australia always has such a large number of, uh, of League Pass subscribers that they're, they're focusing more on the digital growth of the game down here um, versus actually bringing a game down here for the moment. I mean, you could you never know what could happen in the future. But, yeah, it just goes to show you that, you know, we are 
basketball mad down here. There's a lot of people that are into the sport. Again, more people than ever now. Now you've got social media. It's NBA Twitter and Facebook groups and WhatsApp groups. And it's just really sort of bringing people together and connecting people through basketball that we definitely didn't have, you know, back in the day. Back in the day, it was like niche stuff. You know, it was you and your mates, you and your friends would talk about basketball and you would argue about it, but you didn't really have the access to as many games as we do now. Yeah, I think that's so amazing, man. Because uh, you know how the NBA at the start of every season always promotes, and we get those PR emails that I know you love, Nick. Um, you know of of you know how many players are, are from these different countries, and you know the NBA is setting another record for number of international players, and like like a lot of younger generation of of you know fans who grew up now watching the NBA just think the NBA has always been this like global thing, right? And like, yeah. you know, it's a lot of us like growing up watching, like you mentioned, the Bulls in the 90s, the dream team and being able to follow all those different players that, you know, that's when the sport really grew and became so worldwide, like especially the NBA. So it's like awesome to see. Like I've always known that Australia has had a huge, um, you know, population of basketball fans. But I feel like the way you're putting it, you know, it's, it's, it's way bigger than probably like what a lot of us like even assume. Yeah. And it's probably bigger, I think, than what mainstream media here in australia seems to think as well because they seem to they've given it more coverage in recent years but they still sort of seem to lack that sort of the the understanding of how big you know basketball really is like like i said you jump onto any facebook group and you know i worked with uh, nba australia editorial side for a while over the last year as well and i got to see you know just sort of the feedback and reactions on their social media pages and it's huge and and you know everyone's got an opinion and everyone wants to have their opinion heard and people are having arguments in the comments people are you know discussing things so it's it's great and like i said with the rise of you know, so many Aussie guys coming through. Simmons is a number one pick. Bogut was a number one pick. Um, you know, Dante Exum was a lottery pick. Josh Giddy, Dyson Daniels, all these guys are sort of, you know, Australians are being taken higher and higher. There's a guy to watch out for next year, Tyrese Proctor, who's playing at Duke this year, who's a projected lottery pick next year as well. So, you know, the more guys we get like that in the league, the more coverage it's going to result in back home. And hopefully mainstream media catches up. Um, but, you know, if they don't, we've got so many avenues that we can go to now for, for basketball news and conversation and highlights. It's, it's, uh, it's a blessing, really, when you compare it to the dark days of having to call a 0055 number just to get updates on the Chicago Bulls game. <laughs> yeah, and I think also, too, the NBA is definitely recognizing that as well because, I mean, one of the biggest preseason moments, um, and I'd love to hear the reaction to this, is when the 36ers played the Suns. And yeah. obviously the last game we saw the Suns play was that big blowout against the Mavs, and then they played a preseason game against the 36ers uh, from Australia, and they lost by 10. And I know it's preseason, but, you know, a big NBA Twitter moment. What did that mean for you guys back uh, back in Australia? Fun to get the workout, I tell you that. Detch with a quick release. Timeout Phoenix. <laughs> they have knocked down 11 of 20 from distance. Seconds of the half. McCarron on the kick out. There's Franks. He's had the hot hand and it continues. Monty might leave him out there <laughs> just to get him in better shape. Franks from way outside. <laughs> Flashes that smile, and why not? He's got 20 points on the night, four of six from downtown. We mentioned played at Washington State. He was the Pac-12 most improved player back in 2017-18, and the threes just continue to rain. Look, that game was huge. Like that, the talk about basketball that day, especially the Adelaide 36ers. Now they've got a good squad this year, right? People that follow the NBL know that they've got a squad this year. Last year, they were not so good. They were, I think they may have even finished bottom of the league, right? But it's been a completely revamped squad. So we knew this was a much better squad. We still didn't expect that result, right? <laughs> now, I will say this as well. They shot the ball incredibly well in that game. And, and when you shoot the ball that well, right, I don't care who you're playing, you're going to win. They could have played the dream team. They would have won that game when you shoot the ball that well. <laughs> But everyone was talking about that game. And that was, I covered the first NBL X NBA games 
Uh, there was three of them. I think it was back in 2016 or 17. They sent three teams over, Melbourne United, Sydney Kings, and I, if I remember correctly, it may have been the Brisbane Bullets, but I can't remember. So it was three teams that came over. They played the Jazz, OKC, and Phoenix. And I went to all three of those games. And the only one that was close was the one in OKC, right? And every other game was not close. So this was the first team, first time that an Australian team has beaten an NBA team. I remember I was on the road. Um, I had to drive, I had to go to a, a couple of meetings, but I had my phone in the car, just sort of, you know, near the the the, um, the, the dashboard with the game on because I was like, I've got to watch this thing. And, and I'm driving and I'm like, oh my God, Craig Randall hit another three. And I was like, he's <laughs> deep. Like, where's he shooting these from? So people were texting me. Uh, I had some friends text me, uh, Alex, you remember Adriana Torres, uh, friend of ours in, in New <laughs> yes, York. I do, yes. And, and he texted me and he's like, who the hell are the Adelaide 76ers? And I wrote back, it's 36ers, man. I go, it's 36ers and they've got a squad, so watch out. <laughs> oh, no, that's amazing, man. I'm, I might got to hit you up uh, offline, actually, to, to, to see if you can acquire me a Craig Randall Adelaide 36ers jersey. Because uh, I, I feel like that's actually, that, yeah, that's actually a coveted piece. That could be part of your uh, Coachella 2032 uh, wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> this is how you know. I, call, I need how... a Kai Soto. <laughs> yes. A Kai, a Kai Soto as well. Yeah, a Kai Soto be ama- yeah, Kai Soto would be amazing. This is how you know Nick, Nick Medellinos' family, man. Um, before, before, we, <laughs> before we take the break, I want to ask you another part, too. You know, we've been asking you so much about just basketball culture in Australia. And you talked about obviously growing up part of that experience. And, and, you know, you talked about wanting, you know, the starter jackets, you know, the Charlotte Hornets jerseys, the sneakers. Um, what's that been like in terms of, um, you know, off the court, like sneaker culture and fashion? Because so much of that, as you know, is, is part of the NBA fabric now. What's that part of, of basketball culture like in Australia? Yeah, I mean, again, that goes back to it was really niche back then as well, right? Like. I remember I want the first pair of shoes that I ever asked my mum for was the Jordan 4 white cements when they came out. Saw a kid in my school and I was like, oh, I love those. And to this day, it's my favorite shoe of all time. And I, remember, I always tell this story. I remember my mum at the time. So for everyone listening, you know, I've got a Greek background, right? So I remember my mum at the time saying, I don't know, we'll get them from Greece. They're going to be cheaper. And I remember thinking, why would Greece have Air Jordan? Like, you know, <laughs> why would Greece have them of all places? And why would they have them cheap? I didn't understand that. Um, so I never ended up getting them. But I remember back then, like, they were super, I couldn't tell you the prices. But, you know, for back then, it was, like, super expensive. But as I got older, you know, especially in my sort of, you know, the friends that I was hanging around with and, and the schools that I went to, like, there was only a few people wearing Jordans or a few people wearing basketball sneakers as fashion i think sneakers here really exploded um 20 it was the year i think before i moved to the us in 2012 so it might have been the year before it was whenever the galaxy phone posits came out right because there was this massive lineup and a massive you know raffle at this uh, sneaker boutique down here in melbourne i remember going down there and filming it on a handicam believe it or not (laughs) i was filming it on a handicam um, you know, trying to create some content out of that. And from that point on, it just kind of exploded. But it was always, you could always get shoes, right? If you put in the footwork, you could always get them. To the point of, I think, now obviously I was gone for, you know, almost eight years and I've only been back a couple now. But, you know, I remember hearing stories of people just sort of saying, which is similar to North America, I guess, like, oh, the bots have killed the game and all that. So you can't get sneakers and but it's much more mainstream now. Like now you see a lot of sort of younger girls wearing Jordans. You see, you know, people working in offices wearing Jordans with suits or whatever it may be. It's still not at that level of a North America or maybe even a, I've never been to Tokyo. So I'm just going by what I've seen, you know, on the internet or a Tokyo or something like that. But sneaker culture is heavy. Um, we've got a lot more shops, a lot more sneaker consignment stores, a lot more sneaker boutiques. Um, you know, people are genuinely like into sneakers now, um, whether they're into basketball or not, especially with Jordans. Jordans has become like, you might not even know who Michael Jordan is, especially if you're younger, but you you know what a pair of Air Jordans looks like. Well, I think that's a great note. to uh, Let's go to break and we come back because we want to get your thoughts on 
there's some big, you know, big to us sneaker moments and the happenings of the first couple of weeks of the NBA here. So want to get your some, some thoughts on favorites and some reactions. Uh, but we'll be back with Nick after the break. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everyone, welcome back to Running the Break. We're still here with Nick Medellinos, uh, uh, truly a legend. So, guys, um, you know, the NBA season has started. Got some fun topics uh, that wanted to, to get your thoughts on. So uh, one of the first things I'm sure we always pay attention to during the season, uh, you know, is what players are wearing on the court. And, and you, know, one, you know, for me, one of my early season favorites in terms of on-court sneakers has been the T-Mac 3s. Uh, you know, I've seen Jerry and Grant of the Blazers wear one. You know, Gary Trent Jr. here in Toronto had a Raptors-inspired colorway that he wore. For me, that's my favorite on-court sneaker of the season so far. Nick, you being the guest, going to throw it to you first. Are there other on-court sneaker models that are standing out to you right now? There's two things that sort of have, you know, struck me so far this season, right? Like, I'm not a big Adidas or, as you guys in North America say, Adidas uh, guy like I, I was never really a, a big fan of their models um, but two things have struck out to me one I noticed Larry Nance Jr. Uh, wearing the I saw it coming if it was last week uh, or earlier this week he wore the LeBron 2s the Maccabi uh, edition and it's it, it was strange to me because we don't really see a lot of guys in the league wearing LeBron's right whether they're current models or past models or whatever because they're just so big and clunky and heavy. I mean, they're really designed for a guy that is 6'8", 260 pounds, right? So a lot of guys in the league aren't sort of suited to that. So that was strange. Not strange, but it was nice to see that that a guy like Larry Nance would just sort of wear those shoes. Um, but I want to give a shout-out to Paolo Banquero, right? Because 
through his first, what, three, four, five games of the season, he's been hooping in the new Zion, the new Zion 2, right? Which, again, strikes me a little bit as unusual because not that the Zion 2 is a bad shoe, but he's just recently signed to Jordan Brand. And I thought he probably would have been wearing the flagship model, the Air Jordan 37, which is a lot, what a lot of the guys on that roster do. They tend to wear the flagship model, but he's been hooping in the Zion. Uh, we've seen a couple of different colorways from, from Paolo. And look, he's been putting up some numbers, so I guess it's been working for him. And Carroll, going to shoot for three again. Got it! He just stays with his... Uh... Game plan. Doing his game, doing his thing. Yeah, I want to comment on a couple of those things. Like, one, the, the Jordan Brand thing is awesome. We've mentioned it before. Just, like, the, the new generation of Jordan Brand athletes is really here. And the fact that they're, like, yeah, the Zion 2s are the first thing they're wearing. Or, you know, Tatum is, like, the is spearheading, like, the, the main Jordan line. Um, <clears throat> but then also, too, like, uh, the, the LeBron 2s. Like, this year, though, with the LeBron 20s, which I think is, like, unanimously – one of the favorite performance sneakers right now. I'm seeing a lot of guys, people who I'm like, don't you like consider LeBron a rival? Like wearing the, the 20s. And I think it's because they're pretty much like Kobe's, which is yeah. a trend that we should, you know, we can talk about that a little bit more. Um, my pick, which I, you know, the T-Mac 3 is a perfect example of this, but it's like, it's shocking to see. And so this is what I text my friends on. Dennis Smith Jr., which one, welcome back to the league in you know, is, is doing great for the Hornets rocking the BBC, um, uh, answer fives, Reebok answer fives. And I'm like, mm. one, the answer fives are a pretty unique pick. I remember having the, the white and red ones and them being pretty comfortable, but man, to wear that like wacky colorway. Um, it's just, I, I've been having a, a good experience watching Dennis Smith, uh, junior on the team and seeing that sneaker is like, it's kind of like an obscure pick for sneakerheads like us. Yeah. I love those picks that you guys made, especially cause like, you know, I think we're really in, like, this golden era of, like, on-court sneakers right now, especially since, like, the NBA, I think, has relaxed so so many rules now, right, in terms of, like, mm -hmm. the color matching and what you're allowed to wear. Now, I will say it has res resulted in some really just uh, horrendous color blocking by, by certain <laughs> <Yeah>. players. <laughs> but, you know, you know, sometimes you just got to call it like it is. But, like, but, like I, I think that's why it's given, like, players don't don't feel as restricted now right and, and i feel like that for all these different models that you guys mentioned i think it's so cool now because i think there was a period where i feel like a lot of guys you know whether you're a nike sponsored athlete or adidas sponsored athlete everyone seemed to be just wearing the same two three shoes and now it seems like every time i'm watching hoop or you know obviously following the main accounts like the league fits or you know slam kicks and all of that like i'm just seeing such a great variety this season yeah, I'm with you, Alex. Yeah, I, I like it. And, and obviously, it does go back to sort of the NBA relaxing those rules and allowing players to sort of express themselves, I guess, because shoes are an expression of self uh, if, we, if we're if we being, you know, 100 about it. Um, PJ Tucker, like, I know PJ Tucker is like the easy default guy that everyone goes back to to sort of be like, what's PJ wearing type of thing? But I also feel like he had a big role to play in this too because once those rules were relaxed, like, PJ was changing shoes three times a game. <laughs> you know, he, he almost had a shoe yeah. for every quarter at one point, which sort of highlighted that even more, I feel. No, that actually, and it reminds me, too, of, like, when you're talking about the color blocking thing, it, do you guys have any, like, sneaker no-nos for, like, some of the performance kicks? Or, like, because John Wall, I think, in the, in the media day, he said that he hates when players wear black sneakers with white socks, which I thought is, like, sort of a classic look that we saw a lot in college, but I was kind of against that. I didn't agree. And then also I always have the rule, uh, big no, no, of like, don't wear your rivals sneakers, which I think, um, uh, someone who played together, someone on the magic, uh, had that rule when they played Kobe in the finals, but any no, no's for you guys in terms of on court kicks. Um, you know, I'm not that picky since every time I play pickup, I, I average about three screen assists and uh, four turnovers. So, so no, no one's really trying to catch me in the tunnel. Uh, no, but I think, I think actually the only thing, and I'm, I'm just thinking of this now, CJ, because you came up with this question. It's like, if I wore Kobe's, I wouldn't wear like a Celtics jersey. Like something yeah, like that, right? Yeah. Like stuff, stuff that's like more subtle to me in terms of like, oh, if you're wearing a signature sneaker of a particular player, maybe you don't wear like a jersey of like, you know, a rival of that player or something like that, right? I, I think that that would be something that maybe comes to mind for me. Are we talking about us off court or are we talking about players on court I, now in terms of... I think both, both. Let's hear yeah. both. 
Just like I, general I mean, I, rules, right? Yeah. Yeah, like I agree with Alex. You know, like if I'm going to wear a, a Jordan jersey, for example, I'm going to have some Jordans on my feet. I'm not going to wear Kobe's. Yeah. Or I'm not going to wear, you know, anything else. Um, you know, like if I've got an again, if I've got an Iverson jersey, I'm you know look to wear some questions or answers or something like that. Um, I probably wouldn't rock. But Nick, those Nick, with- Nick, I will, Nick, I will interrupt you. It, it depends on how many brand events you're being invited to that day at All Star Weekend. You Listen, know? since I left America, I don't get invited to as many as I used to. So. <laughs> but yes, oh, you're that. right. I would, uh, I'm not going to mention a name, but there was a uh, particular media member that we know that uh, wore Jordans to an Under Armour event, uh, an ooh. Under Armour wear test. Actually. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. I mean, CJ, CJ, you're you're familiar, obviously, with the influencer space yeah, and these yeah. like branded events. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's a huge no-no, man. Like I know it, it's like it's like when I try to tell just like my friends or, or people that obviously aren't in this space, like it's yeah. so dumb, right? It's like don't don't wear this pair of shoes uh, to this event. But like those are those are actual rules in this world. Absolutely, yeah. you gotta you're gonna get and also too like a lot of these these events as you guys know hand out goodies. You don't want to be on their bad side uh, by rocking another competitor's brand. It's just you know I thought that was common sense. This CJ, is why. You took the words out of my I mouth. <laughs> you, you, I was gonna say, if you want to stay on that seating list, you better you know, yes, follow exactly. these unwritten rules. <laughs> hmm. No, no wonder I haven't been. Uh, no wonder I haven't been on any list in the last couple of years. I must be doing it wrong. No, I, I love that. There's now rise of obviously just like casual, like people wearing Birkenstocks or like clogs and things like that. I feel like that's a good way to split it down the middle now. You know, especially if you have like four sneaker like branded events to go to in, in one night at like All Star Weekend, just just go in a pair of flip flops, man. Then then you're safe and you don't got to stress about it. That's 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 my advice for the for the young and upcoming uh, influencers. Yeah, I will say this: when we did All Star Weekend in Toronto in 2015, Alex, you remember how cold it was that weekend? Yeah, it was like minus minus 30 Celsius. It was cold. All right, all and, right, all right. Stop exaggerating. And, yeah. It was cold, Alex. <laughs> it was cold. And I remember just wearing Timberlands to every single event that I went to. And I thought, <laughs> That's right. That's I, I was like, this, this is the most neutral I can ever get right now. <laughs> and that was my I'm first sure. All-Star too. And it was like, again, foams. What is the most winterized basketball sneaker? And to me, it was foams. And I wore foams that year. That's amazing, man. I'm sure the Timberland store here in Toronto made a million dollars that weekend with, <laughs> with all you with all you influencers needing to gear up. Uh, next up, next up on the topic. So uh, Steph Curry recently just missed his first free throw of the season, and you know uh, in Phoenix they were playing a game, and when he missed his free throw, he looked over courtside to announcer Kevin Harlan. And basically accused him of, of jinxing him because Steph knows what happens on these broadcasts whenever anybody is perfect from the free throw line in a game or during a season. That's what they're going to be talking about. Steph Curry is at the line. He has not missed this year. Kevin. And why? And Kevin, so, why? So, why? He was 22. That is you, Kevin. Uh, I am so sorry. He was 22 of 22. <laughs> I'm not a dealer in superstition. Yep. Look, look at Steph. Look no, at Steph. Me. Look at Steph. That's right. He knows exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> Thank so you, sorry. Mr. Stephen Curry, of calling out Kevin Harlan. I'm so sorry. I know. I know. <laughs> Is the announcer's jinx a thing? And, and do, do, do we believe in sports jinxes? Are we superstitious at all in general? Nick Metalinos, what do you think? No, I don't think the the jinx thing is a thing. Um, I, I don't believe that for one second. Like he missed a free throw, it happens. <laughs> you know, no one's going to be shooting a hundred percent forever. So I don't believe in that. Now, whether I do believe in in sport jinxes or not, I'll answer it this way: I'm a Knicks fan, and I'm an Arsenal <laughs> fan in the English Premier League. Okay, so <laughs> so you tell me whether I believe in sports jinxes or not. <laughs> I'm actually the opposite. I, so I saw that too. And I, it, Nick, it might be the psychology of it all because whenever an announcer does say that, maybe I'm like paying so close attention to the next free throw that is taken because I thought the same thing. And I just, if anything, when that happened, I was like, shout out to Steph Curry. Like we know he watches basketball because when you hear some of these other players, like like Kawhi, for example, who said it recently was like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm watching game tape whenever it's sent to me or we have to. But like Steph actually 
can tell he's like a fan when he's not, uh, you know, playing in a game and he's watching NBA at home. It's it's just that was always a fun thing whenever announcers like uh, Ray Allen hasn't missed in, you know, 60 games. And then they brick that that first one. You're like, why did you do that? So I think jinx or not, it's it's always fun to watch whenever that happens. Yeah, no, it's it's always cool. I feel like whenever a player's on a hot streak, too. And I actually think it kind of comes from baseball because, you know, in baseball, whenever like a pitcher is throwing a no hitter, like there's this unwritten yeah. rule. You're not supposed to talk to them when they go to the dugout. <laughs> I feel like yeah. when, when, like, when like Clay Thompson's like having his 37 point quarter, like I feel like every time there's a timeout, like you should just like not be talking to him. Like he doesn't even have to come into the huddle and, and watch whatever Steve Kerr is drawing up because all he's drawing up is, is the basketball going to Clay. So um, that that is how simple the NBA is. Um, no, uh, next up, you know, this is uh, this is for Nick, man. Like Nick's favorite coach, uh, Mike Brown. Who is the head coach uh, of the Sacramento Kings? (laughs) (laughs) We'll tell the rest of the story off air. Um, So, you know, Mike Brown recently went back to Golden State, and Anthony Slater from The Athletic had this wonderful story because for people that pay attention, Mike Brown is arguably the most uh, well dressed coach in in the NBA. And, And even so, when he was an assistant on Golden State, and in the story, it details how Mike Brown has a closet full of just tailored looks color-coded pocket squares with shoes to match and Steve Kerr was talking about how he's always talking about these white tennis shoes or Gucci or something so they pulled this whole prank and told him that uh, and, and delivered this fine to him saying that they delivered this letter to him saying that the NBA had fined him $25,000 for breaking the rules for wearing his white Gucci shoes and you know everybody on the team played along and, and, you know, the only reason why Mike Brown found out was they put this letter on NBA letterhead and said that he broke the rules on January 10th. And he remembered what he wore so much. And he said, I didn't wear white shoes during the January 10th game. <laughs> and eventually Steve Kerr and the rest of the team had to own up to it. Uh, Nick, wh- what do you rate this, uh, rank this prank, rate this prank out of 10? Look, the prank itself, I like, right? I'm going to give it a eight and a half, right? The execution of it, I'm going to give a five because <laughs> if, if you're going to pull a prank, you've got to get the details right, okay? And a guy like Mike Brown, you guys can probably relate. I know what sneakers I wore on what day, probably dating back about yeah, four yeah. years, right? So you've got to know that a guy like Mike Brown, who you like you touched on, Alex, you know, he's a very stylish guy. He's going to know what he wore in a particular game. So it's the details. It's the details that make the prank. And if they'd gotten that one little detail right, I would have given it a 10 out of 10. I love it. But yeah, for execution, five. The actual prank idea itself, eight and a half out of 10. Yeah, we need to get more of these coach pranks because I love that. Because, it, you know, we think about coaches, they're so serious. They're drawing up plays, they're watching game tape. But I love the fact that they're clowning on each other. And then also, too, just Mike Brown in general. Like, what was your guys' reaction seeing that recent clip of him in practice just sprinting? I was shocked. I was shocked by it, but I loved it. <laughs> yeah, that it's so amazing because, uh, you know, I know, I know Nick, too, is a huge fan of the Sacramento Kings. And, you know, it, it, it's just great <laughs> to see... It's just great to see, um, like, like, listen, man, like, like, we know Sacramento has has struggled on the court that the past couple of decades, and, and like, we're old enough to remember when they were good, right? Like, we we remember, you know, Chris Webber, you know, Jason Williams, you know, when Mike Bibby was there, when they had the rivalry with the Lakers and all that. But I think it's cool. I think Mike Brown, legit, CJ. I think it's a really good point. Like, he's bringing like a level of enthusiasm, yeah, and just like a level of energy. Uh, to that team and like I mean Nick you got to be rooting for the Kings with Matthew Della Vadova there as well right yeah look shout out to Delhi and, and you know why they brought him there because that's a pretty young squad that they've got they've got some really good young pieces but they need a guy like Delhi and I think Mike Brown's alluded to that over the course of preseason obviously the first few games of the season that Delhi's going to bring that veteran leadership that championship experience obviously uh, Mike Brown was assistant coach on those Cavs teams that were going to the finals They've won a championship together. So he's Delhi knows what it takes to win, right? Say what you want about his basketball skill or whatever it may be, but he knows what it takes to win. He's played with LeBron James. He's played with Kyrie. He's played with Kevin Love, like veteran guys that have been all-stars in the league. Um, at the very least, that's what he's going to bring to a squad that probably needs that kind of leadership as well and and yes they they haven't been that great in recent years but like i said they've got some young pieces 
Um, you know, with the right coaching, right leadership, they another couple of years. I still think they're a couple of pieces away, but a couple more years, and you know, Sacramento should have a fun team. Next up, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler. Speaking of pranks and trolls, you know, Jimmy Butler, as I'm sure you guys saw, and a lot of a lot of people listening have seen. So in the off season, you know, he grew out his hair and, and got dreadlocks, and he showed up to media day with them, <laughs> and he was asked about it by Taylor Rooks, and you know, Taylor Rooks was talking, was asking if if you know this was the look that he was gonna go with all season, and he was like, no, like I'm gonna cut my hair before the first game of the season. Now I didn't realize that this at the time, but I think we're all starting to realize now. Now we know on media day, that's when they do all the hype videos, they take all the photos, and all that stuff shows up on television. Like, you know, when, when the Heat play on national TV, when their starting lineup graphics are being shown, all the photos are being pulled from that day. So every single time the Heat have been on national TV and they've promoted Jimmy Butler, it's been a photo of him in dreadlocks. Is this the best troll move ever, Nick? Um, I don't know about ever, right? But how I sort of just criticized, not criticized, but I, I took points away from that prank for the execution... I've got to give Jimmy Butler points for the discipline to maintain this right right through <laughs> to, to media day because especially in this social media age, you know that these photos are going viral. People are going to get the jokes off. They're going to be adding you. They're going to be in your DMs. It's going to be everywhere. And just the discipline to see it through and be like, you know what? I don't care what jokes come my way. I'm going to get this look off right now. It's debatable whether you got the look off or not. But I uh, I give points for the, the discipline of it. Yeah, and we're going to have to head to break. But I just want to say this is another example of stars. They're just like us, because I don't know how many of you guys, when you get your driver's license, but you're like, hey, can I have a funny haircut and or make a funny face as soon as that flash hits? So to me, it's just like Jimmy Butler is another just fan favorite because he's doing pranks like us, even at that level. But guys, I want to go to break because when we come back, our last segment, this is when I saw you put this on the rundown, Alex, we're just going to name our most favorite underrated 90s players, which is like, again, it's a meme come to life where a bunch of dudes will just sit around and just name athletes for hours and hours. And we're going to do that here on the podcast. We'll be right back on Running the Break. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DK Hoops only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. 
Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Running the Break. We're still with Nick Metalino. So this is our final segment. You know, Nick... At the start of the show, you know, we were talking about first jerseys, you know, first sneakers, first favorite player. And, you know, Larry Johnson, you mentioned him very prominently. And, you know, that's, that's you know, anytime I think we have guys, we have guests on that, that watch basketball, you know, in the 90s and remembers, you know, that era. You know, we want to celebrate that era because I think a lot of younger generation now really, really don't. Um, you know, remember um, a lot of the great players that we loved uh, growing up. And I just want to give a quick, quick shout out too to LeJethro Le Jenkins. You know, he's a co-host of the Jenkins and Jones podcast and he's part of the Buckets uh, YouTube channel. Um, and he's been doing these wonderful video features on forgotten players from the 90s. He recently spotlighted my guy Damon Stoudemire, you know, who was my first favorite Toronto Raptor growing up. And that kind of gave me the impetus for this idea. So Nick, I thought we'd kind of go around, um, you know, kind of pick some, you know, three of our favorites uh, from the 90s. So uh, you being the guest, let, let, let's start with you, man. All right. Well, I don't know if these guys are, to me, they're underrated. I don't know. You guys might not agree or not, right? But the three names that I picked for this were Glenn Rice, Mitch Richmond, and I had Derek Coleman in there because when I was younger, I used to love Derek Coleman. Um, especially that partnership with Kenny Anderson. I, you know, I used to be obsessed with New York point guards and probably still am to this day. Um, but, you know, I thought Derek Coleman had injury, probably not robbed him of the best years of his career. I thought probably could have been, you know, one of the better power forwards um, of that era, especially as well as he won Rookie of the Year. I think he made one or two All-Star games. Um, a guy like Glenn Rice, right, I think he's, he's probably underrated. He was ahead of his time. Like, if you pop Glenn Rice in the modern NBA, you know, he's going to give you 30-plus a night. Like, he could shoot yep. the ball. Um, you know, I think he won All-Star Game MVP scoring, like, 24 of his 26 points in, in the second half. So he could definitely put up numbers, can definitely translate to the modern game as well. And I don't think Mitch Richmond gets his just dues. Like, his best years were in, in Sacramento before Sacramento was good, like you just spoke about. Um, you know, Alex before. So he, I think over a 10-year stretch, he averaged between like 22 and 26 points per game every single season. So he was definitely putting up numbers. You could probably maybe even argue he might have even been the second best shooting guard at, at some stage of his career in the league. So I definitely think those three don't get the uh, the dues that they deserve. There's Richmond, the money man against Stackhouse. Mitch moving, stop for the lead. Isoed on the right side. Squares up on Jerry Stackhouse. One, two dribbles to stop. The pump fake, the fadeaway. And I will say, too, those are three great jerseys you could get from Mitchell and Ness. So, Facts. Mitchell and Ness, are listening. <laughs> All three of us would love those jerseys. Those are great. Uh, Alex, you want to go next? No, you know what, CJ? I want to hear your picks because okay, you know, okay. Nick, Nick Nick already took two of my three, so I need some time to scramble. <laughs> and honestly, them yeah, there was I, the Glenn Rice one was on there. Because I'm thinking about who the Lakers could use right now. Glenn Rice would have been perfect if he played on them this year. Uh, three of my picks, I'm going to go Rod Strickland, Arvidas Sabonis, mm. and Eddie Jones. I just feel like, mm. again, like the the one – the one name I always want to talk about and always give as much love as I can is Arvidas Sabonis. Like, people don't mm. know. Like, we saw Arvidas uh, in kind of post-prime years, and he still was an incredible center, you know, uh, almost made it to the finals and brought that that Blazers team. But his game was just so unique. We talk about centers now and how, you know, like a Jokic, we see his passing abilities. We see his, you know, uh, shooting abilities, not just like playing the post, but Arvidas Sabonis, also father of DeMontis, but like, he was one of the greatest players playing, you know, not even in the NBA. Like, if you watch another documentary that I highly recommend, The Other Dream Team, you'll see just his dominance. And 
Uh, yeah, I just would. It's one of the greatest what ifs I have is if we saw Savonis playing, you know, when he was drafted, I think in 87 and didn't come over for another seven, eight years into the league. It's amazing what happens when Savonis leaves. Watch Osatag help. Savonis is finding an open spot and he is so big. All you have to do is throw the ball up. And he'll score. Look at him come. It's too late. Carmelone has to get out of the way. Four to game seven. Jackson pounded by Hornacek. A free by Savonis. Shout out to Arvita Savonis. Eddie Jones just watches highlights kind of pre-Kobe. Um, and Rod Strickland, obviously, he's kind of just like the prototype for Kyrie, who I think they're related, but, uh, you know, the point guard today. So those are my three picks. Man, you know, my original three picks are all gone, man. Good thing I know, uh, you know, uh, good thing I know more than uh, three NBA players from from, yeah. from the '90s. No, I think, prove you should I host this Sabonis, show. Alex. <laughs> I, I, I think I, th- I think Sabonis um, Sabonis is a great call too, and I love all your picks too, Nick. But like Sabonis, I mean, to me, when I watch Nikola Jokic now, I'm like, that was that was Sabonis back in the day, yeah. like in his oh, prime, yeah. you know, like the big man able to do and i think we saw a couple of guys come through too like a vladi divach i think had some of that similar skill set but like sabonis was, was, was just on another level all right so since you shouted out eddie jones you know i'm gonna shout out my man nick van exel man i think i think before i think before the Shaq and kobe lakers um you know became so popular i think a lot of us rooted for that lakers team you know with with van exel and eddie jones in the backcourt uh, and, you know, we were hoping that that would be the team that, that, you know, won the championship. And I just love watching these shifty point guards growing up. And, like, you know, this is, like, probably the most stereotypical thing I've ever said on the show. Uh, producer, edit if you can. But, like, every Asian growing up had a Van Exel jersey. Yep. Like, every time I went to hoop in the playground, there was at least one Van Exel jersey. So, to me, like, I think he was, like, he was, like, culturally, like, influential in, in a way as well. Kind of this, like... You know, not like after Magic Johnson, it was like, oh, people gravitated towards this other point guard on the Lakers. And here comes Van Exel. Wind around. Can he hit it at the buzzer? Oh, what a shot! Van Exel has taken over the game. The quick. I'm going to shout out Anthony Mason as well. You know, I love watching the Knicks growing up. And, you know, I think we talk a lot about, you know, Patrick Ewing, Charles Oakley, John Starks. Like, Anthony Mason, to me, was always the coolest dude on that team. And I think he was ahead of his time, too. Like, playing different positions. Point guard. Like, he ran point at one point, yeah. too. Like, and then he had the cool haircut. All of that stuff. So, so rest in peace. Shout out to Anthony Mason. And last one. Uh, let's go with Detlef Shrimp. Let's go with Detlef Shrimp. Yeah. Uh, you know, love watching, you know, obviously Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, the Sonics growing up. But, like, Detlef? You know, underrated, underrated player on that team. And another player, like you said, CJ, like, man, if he played in this era, I, I feel like he'd fit right in. Also, great cameo on Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. He was yeah. on Parks and Recreation. Yeah, that was awesome. No, legit, like, I, I know I know, we're wrapping up this segment, but this is one of those segments where you could honestly go three hours on. But um, as, as we told producer Pete off here, how hard do you think we work? <laughs> Um. <laughs> Nick, uh, is no, there man. anything you want to plug? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, sh- sh- tell yeah. us where where listeners can come find you, and, and shout out some other good Australian NBA stuff we can check out. Um, well, obviously, I'm going to shout out my. Uh, I'm no longer with them anymore, but I was with NBA Australia, the editorial side, which is under the Sporting mm-hmm. News banner. So they, I know they do a lot of great work with the NBA and NBA related stuff. Obviously, my show. Uh, you can catch us on YouTube. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, uh, so Monday, Wednesday, Friday here in Australia, which would be Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday in North America. Uh, Little Birdie TV is the YouTube channel, Last Shot NBA Show. Um, I'm doing some work with uh, Complex Australia. We've got an NBA show coming out very soon, and uh, this probably won't be of any relevance to the North American market, but I'm doing some work with the NBL League down here. Uh, potentially, we've got we filmed the pilot the other day. That's all I'm going to say. So hopefully that show gets greenlit as well. And you can always find me on Twitter making uh, ridiculous observations and takes uh, at Nick Medellinos. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Everybody should follow Nick on 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 all the social media platforms. And you know, I, I'm glad you listed out all the things you're doing. So I don't got to check up on you to to see if you're doing all right. Seems like <laughs> seems like you're doing all right, Nick. <laughs> 
Can, can I just say, Alex, uh, I'm glad that you haven't mentioned the Ame Leon door incident throughout this <laughs> episode. I got to hear. There's so many of these stories that are getting alluded to. CJ, We're going to have you back CJ. on, Nick. I got to hear CJ, these. no, 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 no. These cannot be disclosed on Oh, air. they cannot so be stick, disclosed. Gotcha. So stick around, CJ. Once I do this outro, if you have two minutes, we can tell some of these. <laughs> um, but for the public listeners, that does it for you guys. Uh, appreciate everybody. Please subscribe uh, to the podcast, Running the Break, wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate and review the show. Uh, thank you, as always, to our producers, Peter, Grace, and Kurt. This has been Running the Break. Follow Nick Madalinos on social. We'll talk to you next week. Peace. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.